of the Cost Camps Coaches Show, Episode 2. Today's guest is Coach Gump May. Coach May was, well, first of all, he has 53 years of coaching experience. He was the head football coach at Bishop McDevitt High School in Harrisburg from 1974 to 1975. And then he went on to become the head football coach at Hershey High School from 1976 to 2008. He's been an assistant at the college level at Virginia. He's been at Bloomsburg. Um, he's been a D coordinator at, at a couple high schools, and and he's he's going to talk to us today about. He, first of all, Coach May. When I talk to other coaches, they they tell me that he still eats, breathes, and just lives football, even though he's not coaching. So it's going to be a great insight today, um, Coach. Why don't you talk about what you're going to talk about today? Well, you know, I think I think the most important thing you can do as a mentor to young coaches or any coach is to try to stress simplicity and fundamentals. And uh, if you do that, um, you can win. Um, and I, I go around now on my Fridays and my wife stay off and I leave the house and go watch foot, high school football games. And, you know, I don't, I don't like to watch pro football because you don't see, uh, you don't see very many guys bend at the knees. And, and yeah, it's a different, it's a different, the NFL model is different because they got bigger athletes, they're bigger, stronger, run faster, hit harder, all that contributes to how they play. Well, you take that, if you try to do, and I think people are uh, forcing the NFL model on colleges, you have limited times to practice, uh, they're limiting us how many days you can hit and all this, and it's kind of taken away football, uh, because they take it takes away the fundamentals, because you have to work at fundamentals. Now, I do believe you can... Uh, work without pads a lot of the fundamentals just get them to bend at the knees uh, to, to work on their footwork uh, one time when, when i was coaching at hershey uh john matsko was coaching that i think he at that time he was at navy or notre dame one of the two he was i think he was at navy and uh, he, he came during spring ball and i had the kids out in the field and we were just working on first steps you know we, we would work on first steps for maybe a half an hour just taking that first step, dropping the knee, the back knee, and so you got leverage and, and coming up in in a, in a hit position. But um, so we will work on the trap steps, the the, uh, the deep pulls, the pull stack steps, all all kinds of things like that. Just working on the fundamentals of footwork. And he looked at me. He says, "I don't see this very often." But I'm. He was impressed just though because of the fundamentals of it. But I think that carries over too. It, uh, you can make a better, better blocking. And my theory is, if you teach the kids how to block, they'll know how to tackle. Because all that is is just a block with a hold and take them to the ground. You, you talk about the first step when it comes to, and you're talking about in the trenches, the offensive lineman. Yeah. There's so many times when, and I I see it on film. I I don't. It's hard for me to recognize it live when I'm watching it in practice or a game, but I see it on film when a guy isn't making a block. So much of it comes down to that first step. He probably mm -hmm. took some sort of wrong direction or false step, and that's what cost him. Or, or, or even a flat-footed step. Right. 
you know, you don't want to make it a big, a long set. It's about a short six inch, maybe six inch step. Even, uh, you know, with uh, with combo blocking, uh, we always use that, you know, a little drop step to get width. The, the, the wider you had to get, the deeper the drop step had to be. But if, if you were the second guy in on the, on, on the combo block, you would take a small drop, drop step so you could get shoulder to shoulder on the second step. In other words, yeah. you weren't necessarily firing off the ball. No. The hmm. first step would be a short drop step, but then you're coming hard because then you take a drop step with the foot where you're the, the way you're going, and then the other step, you step over, you make a, a – uh, you come across your body with the other, the outside, the opposite foot, and then that third step is going to be right into the uh, the, the defensive defender, and at that time you're going to be shoulder to shoulder with the guy you're comboing with, okay. because then you get movement on the down guy, and then you have one eye on the uh, the nearest number of the defender, the, your your one eye's on him, and the other eye's looking up to see if the there's a switch, you know, because if the if the defender goes to the outside and the linebacker comes inside, you got to be able to come off on that linebacker. But the first thing you got to do is get movement on the down person. Some guys come off, you know, some some kids got the idea they just got to cover up everybody, but you got to get movement on the down guy and then cover them up. You talked about and, bending your knees. Bending your knees, yes. Bend, bending the knees. Talk We're to about, about ways to develop that and get guys to get the knee bend going. Well, one, one thing I did, and I did this with the when I was working down Palmyra during the uh, COVID lockdown, I just working on their steps. Take a six-inch step, and then that back knee on the six-inch step, the opposite foot, that knee is going to just about touch the ground. So it's step, dip, strike. Step, dip, strike. And that way you got leverage on your block. Right. You know, now the, the other thing, it, it, it kind of, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I, let me put it that way. Uh, teaching that I think they're teaching tackling. Now it's almost like rugby tackling where you slip a guy, you know, rather than hitting them and going through them like a block, you're they're teaching, make contact and then just pull them down. That was the Seattle Seahawks. I saw, um, yeah, Remember, uh, you know, like an online clinic put on by them. Yeah, yep, that. that's where they got it. And that's it, I think it's a politically correct block. To I wonder the if truth. they still do that and if they're honestly teaching that still in their training I camps. I don't know, but I don't see how to do it in football. Right. I, I can see doing it in rugby. That's what the way we used to. Well, I didn't tackle that way in rugby, and I used to, my face got old. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, was, I used to go uh, visit my wife and my wife's first husband died. She had two little kids <laughs> and I go visit him and show him my face. <laughs> it was all boogered up. <laughs> it's, it's hard anyway to quote unquote form tackle in a football game. There are moments when you get it, but a lot of tackling isn't, isn't necessarily yeah. the, uh, it's not in a prime circumstance where you can, you can get your head across and, and move your feet and stay low and all that stuff. Now, when you get the, it is nice to, to rep it during practice. So when that opportunity doesn't does come, you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Well, and I always found from just from my experience, you have a better tackling team when you have better athletes. Well, you talked about um, you, you, in your opening there, you kind of talked about how tackling then kind of takes care of itself. In other words, I, you work the blocking part. You, yeah, if you teach every block, 
when I was teaching, when I was coaching Hershey, we used to start, you know, in the, you had two weeks or three weeks. We actually, I think we had three weeks of preseason practice. They cut the back on that now. But we used to spend time in the boards with the whole team, and that included quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, we teach them how to block. You, you know, said, you and, talked about but, the shoots too, getting guys in the yeah. shoots. Yeah, we had shoots. Some people make them now out of, uh, out of, um, uh, what's that, PC, PC yep, pipe? Yeah. Yeah, we made them out of uh, lead pipes. Because well, <laughs> if you hit a lead pipe with your helmet, you're going to know it. There's no yeah. give. Sometimes those, P- those PVC, they, you can still stand up in those, and, and there's not going to be any kind of consequences. No, that's right. Uh, and then some people do it under those. Uh, they get those netting um, sleds. But uh, anyway, the, the thing is, but the thing is, kids got to. Um, just be comfortable and staying low. I'm I'm 76 years old. I, I can still get down in my squat and hold it. Uh, when I when I went to college, we, in freshman, we had a, a, a line, linebacker coach on the freshman team that was he was just a son of a gun, and he would make us get down in that squat position, drop your butt head up, back back flat, feet shoulder width a little wider and shoulder width toe out slightly, and you would sit in that position for 15 minutes. Well, what happened was it stretches your muscles and then you get muscle memory, you know, so that that con- that, that athletic position, you can do it the rest of your life. So stretching you know, is a big part. Flexibility and stretching is a big part of that. Hip, hip flexibility. But the only the only way the best way I know to do it is get down in that position and hold it, you know, um, you know, there, there's all kinds of different theories coming out and stretching now. They say if you touch your toes and stand up, you negate the touching the toes by standing up. Because muscle you stretch, you then contract to stand up. Um, a kid, Mike Wagner, is the strength coach with the Hershey Bears, and he and the uh, Washington Capital strength coach went out to a stretching seminar. And he comes something he can, when he, he did before the pandemic, he came over to my house with a table and he'd stretch me, but he'd stretch it and then he'd circle it around to come back so he wouldn't negate the stretch he just did. Right. But I think I think to te- coach football, to coach that athletic position, just get him down that position and learn to hold it. Now you don't start fifteen minutes the first day, you'll right. kill him maybe. But you go go from two one minute to two minutes and gradually build up until they, they get muscle memory also. Once they get that athletic position, then you teach a step dip strike and you end up in that athletic position. So what you're doing is teaching it backwards. Start with the athletic position, then go to the stance, then go to the first step, then go to the first step and dip. And then you got it to get the, then you have it. Then after you get in that athletic position, it's just a matter of moving your feet. Now, uh, here's some theory on that. Uh, some people say you have to have fast feet. Yes, you do. But you got to be able to move people. Right. And, uh, you know, we used to have a coach that took us in the bag and we blocked bags. And we had a guy in our team that could block the bags. Oh, he was beautiful. But you put a guy there and he couldn't move him because he didn't pop him. He wasn't physical with the, uh, the first step and then popping your hips to get in that athletic position to, to stun the guy, but then you got to move them. And when your feet are moving, you want them to go fast, but you're not tippy toeing. You're like pushing a, a, a tractor trailer truck, you know, trying to get all your, your, your cleats in the ground as much right. as your foot as possible. Kind of like when you're squatting, like, yes. you're, like you're under the squat bar and you're, and you're straining on the block. Yep. Um, a good way to a good drill for that is, um, we used to go get uh, old bus tires, bus inner tubes for the bus tires. 
okay. or the big track trailer tires. So a guy could get in that, and then the other guy just holds him. He gets in the athletic position, and he has to strain for five five yards while the other guy's holding. You know, and uh, some people use uh, the rubber, the strong rubber bands you use in the weight room. You can use those also, but I, it's cheaper just to go get old old um, old um, truck tires or bus tires. You know, and that's a great exercise to teach you how to strain on the block. Now, fast feet strain. And move your feet while you're straining harder. And that's what coaches look like when they wa- look at kids. They want to uh, watch the films and see what is this footwork like. It's amazing the difference between two football teams at the line of scrimmage when one team, first of all, is getting off the ball quicker than the other team. And then they're lower than the other team. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they pop their hips and you, you see the other guy's head snap the a little explosion. bit. explosion. Right. Right. And then you and then you see the kill the the finish of it, the finish of the block, where they say block to the echo of the whistle. And now you're controlling the line of scrimmage and it allows guys on the perimeter to do some stuff with the football. Mm-hmm. Or or yeah. if it's the other way around where the defense is dominating, now you're suffocating the football and now guys on the perimeter and the the receivers and quarterbacks and running backs, they can't do anything, they don't have any space to do it. Yep. You know, here's another thing. It just slipped my mind. I'm about to say it, but uh, uh, the other thing on this combo blocking that we use in uh, inside and outside zones, I always thought that that was a good way to block. Uh, And that, and then you put the reverse where you block down. It's a it's a uh, a pattern block, but that way you could you don't have to have the biggest lineman if you teach them how to block. And in combo blocking, you could have two, say, like 185-pound tackles and a 185-pound guard or 65. But the two-on-one, those two guys, if they know how to block correctly and you can get that combo working, they can move the down guy. And then you have have good success. And then the the counter is just pattern blocking. It's just down blocking, kick out, and lead through. But that's that's easy. But the combo part – I always felt, you know, even if you had, didn't have big linemen, you had a chance. Now, when you go to the playoffs, if you watch high school playoffs, the guys that are really that are going to win the high school playoffs, they got linemen. They got big ones. <laughs> you know, they got big ones that can move too. Pine Richland used to always come in with big ones like that, Upper St. Clair. Uh, but, you know, and, and when I was at Hershey as a coach, I'd go over to the finals and kind of ticked me off because we weren't in them. <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, you'd see big linemen, you know, and if you, we, we had them one, one year, we had, we had some big ones. It is so tempting nowadays for young coaches because there's so many games on TV. Now there's so many games on TV. There's so much replay. There's so many camera angles. Mm -hmm. The advent of huddle, I think has a lot to do with, Mm -hmm. with, um, with with people seeing different ideas and different things that they might want to incorporate in their offense. And it is very tempting for a coach to see something, copy it, try to install it in practice. It looks good. And then in the game time, you know, there's just – there's no time. The, the quarterback well, might not have time or whatever it is. Well, I was lucky when I was a young coach to be with some really smart coaches, George Blackburn down in Virginia. Kenny Campbell, or uh, he was my uh, – the first coach I worked with uh, in high school, he was my high school coach, but um, he was, you know, he, he was real good, but he always said, don't 
make an offense until you know what kind of talent you have. You build your offense around what you have. And I think a lot of guys watch this on TV. They're going to be an RPO team and they don't have the people to do it. They you, might, you know they might have the quarterback to do the R, but he just can't do the P. Yeah. Or, you know, or he's, he, he can't make up his mind to do the option part of it. Yeah. So, you know, whatever offense you, you have, make sure it fits the talent you have. And, but then make it simple and get repetitious. Repetition. Um, a guy that's having a lot of success is down at Mississippi State, Mike Leach. Okay. And they, they say he only has about three things he does, but he does it from many formations, and they do it so much that it, it, it gets better. And look at the teams he's beaten. There's, you know? There's a great book I read last winter, and now I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the, the, the last pass or something like that, the final pass. And it's about mm-hmm. it's about how mummy, who mm-hmm. who was Mike Leach's mentor. Mike Leach is is referenced a lot in the book, mm-hmm. but it kind of talks about how how mummy right. He only had a few plays. He did it out of some a, a, a couple formations. Yeah, he only had really it was only like six plays. And sometimes in a game he'd only call one play over and over again, just out of different formations. So he just well, he, he did what you were talking about. He, it was repetitious. Yeah. The kids were comfortable with it. They could do it against any defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that plays on what you're talking about there, Coach, for sure. Uh, you look at some of those coaches' menus, like in the pros. They got the main – I forget what the guy called it. What was that restaurant? He called it a restaurant menu. You know, it's a big big fold-out thing, laminated. If you look at Mike Leach, he got a little – he got a foul card he keeps. <laughs> see, look at him. Yeah, I see, and I see foul. some of his – I see some of the Mike Leach disciples – they'll just have a folded up piece of paper in their hand and every now and then they'll break it out and write a note on it real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The guy, the guy with the Cardinals. So yes. Yep. yep. Innsbruck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. But the, you're right. They are all how mummy disciples. Yeah. You he know, was the, kind of the first guy to, to uh, it, it, yeah. and that is a passing offense. So you do, you need a quarterback and, and some receivers that can catch the ball and some linemen that can pass protect. But they're just uh, they're comfortable with what they do because it's so repetitious. Yeah. And and you know that's what I think what Danny did because you know we would we would sit down on Tuesday and he would have all the defenses that the uh, opponent shows. You're talking Danny about Hale. Coach ha- Coach Danny Hale at Bloomsburg, right? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. And they'd have all the plays we're going to run. And so we go as coaches. We look at does, do we have to check out of this play on this defense? And he had all the defenses on this little, it was a five by seven card. And if you had them do more than three checks for one play, you eliminated that from the game. Yeah. So Tuesday we kicked it out and we, uh, like you play Cheney and Cheney wasn't necessarily the best right. uh, team record wise, but they ran so many different defenses and you never knew where they were going to be. Maybe they never knew where they were going to be. But it limited the amount of plays you'd run against them. Because if you, it doesn't matter if, if you can't block them, they have a chance. So we could block, we knew we could block what we saw. And, you know, it makes a big difference to be simple. You referenced earlier, going back to fundamentals, you referenced earlier, you got the boards out. Can you just explain what, what the boards are and how you can use those to help? Well, I got. I got a better one than boards. Boards, board. We first started with boards to keep your feet um, 
your your feet apart so you have a base. Okay. And if you hit a board, you slip and then all that. But boards were a pain because they they may be maybe a two. Um, they would not be they would be two by sixes or something like that, and you'd fall on those boards. I just didn't like them. So what I did was go down to Bethlehem Steel in their quarry. They have old uh, conveyor belts. Okay. And get, get conveyor belts. Then you have to take a a chain, uh, not a chainsaw, but a rip saw, and 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 saw them up to get the the uh, spacing you want. You can even get better than two by six. You can maybe make them two by twelve, and get a long roll of that, and use those like boards, because if you get on them, you'll slip. Yep. You know, your cleats will slip on the rubber, but it won't mess your knees up. And it just made more sense. Plus, I could get them a little wider, so I get a a better base. So the point of that is to keep your feet separated. So you don't. Yeah. So a defender can't slip off your block. Mm-hmm. You know, I I used to be a big bugger on stance and that, and then I went up to Bloomsburg and, you know, the the offensive line coach there and he was a darn good and Brian McBride, he could care less what stance they got just so they got off the ball and they had good footwork and hit, and kept their base and that, but he didn't care how they looked and they we had some bizarre stances, but. You know, the end product, you got to get, and again, remember I told you you work from that athletic position back, you work backwards. So you make sure a guy can, can bend hips, knees, and then you start, and then you start working on the, uh, you really don't worry about the stance as long as you can get off it. Yep. Yep. And you know that, because when I first started, I I was a maniac on the stance first, but, and th- then the other thing that you work on is you work on in the weight room with squatting and teaching proper squat technique. And uh, I just got a text from Danny Hale <laughs> wishing me a happy birthday. <laughs> is today your birthday, Coach? Yeah. Well, happy birthday. This is November 1st. Yeah. Happy All birthday. Saints Day. All, All Saints, Saints Day. <laughs> happy birthday, Coach. But, you, you know, and the other thing I think, you know, when we're talking about coaching, you got to enjoy it. You gotta have, and and not only enjoy the winning part of it because that's fun, but man, when you're in the middle of, you know, somebody people ask, "What's your favorite team?" My favorite team was probably the worst record I ever had in in the season. We came back from camp up at Bloomsburg football camp. I said, "Guys, we're in trouble. First of all, we got to go on balance line because we don't have linemen. Then we lost our center, and then we lost a guard, and." But it, and I was thinking, I was saying, man, how are we going to get through it? Because, you know, after you lose, you feel down the dumps and you're walking around with your face down and it seems like the weight of the world. Nobody else cares, but you do. Right. And uh, I said, well, darn it, I'm not going to go a whole year like this. So I told the kids, look, we're not real good, but we can be as good as we can be if we work at it. So we used to scrimmage on Wednesday, film it, grade the Wednesday scrimmage. Because Friday night, we were probably going to get beat. But we wanted to see them get better on the Wednesdays. And you know what? Those son of a guns never quit. We'd always score first, but we didn't have enough to sustain right. it. That's interesting. And we had a great year. The kids loved it. And the need, and how you know that now, when any, every one of those kids got married, all the other teammates would come right. to the wedding. Right. And I, they'd take a picture of me sitting on a chair, and they'd all be around like the guys. <laughs> yeah. But that people ask, what's your favorite season? That was probably my favorite season. 
it, I've been a part of so many teams where it's November and it's cold out and guys are banged up and you just know you, there, there's almost it's almost like there's no hope for you. You're not going to make mm-hmm. any kind of postseason. You're not going to make the playoffs or a bowl game or anything like that. And you just see guys so many times kind of pack it in. You know, they're there out at practice, but they're just not there. They're not there mentally. Yeah. Their heart's not in it. And I've always wondered if there's a way to kind of get – how how do you get the spirits up of a team who you just, just know that, that they're, there's no hope for them? Well, That's an I interesting think, way to do it. I think you're honest with them. Yeah. And they say, but let's get better and not quit. And what, what we used to do, we made a little salute like the Romans. When we walk in the hallway, we would pass another teammate. We pound our chest with a fist on the heart. Makes it fist. a brotherhood that way. Yeah. You know, we do. People thought we were nuts. But, but you know what? And, and, and you are a little nuts. You have a little grin on your face. And, and uh, that team was so much fun. I, I, I'll tell you, I just, uh, you know, they're good kids. And they, they would do anything for each other. And, you know, your, your seniors are never going to quit. Your seniors, they, they want to keep going because they know it's their last ride. But I guess convincing those underclassmen that you, you, you have a chance to get better for the future. Well, you know one. You remember Alan Lechthaler? I know that name. Yeah, he played up at Bloomsburg. He, he was a tight end, played at Bloomsburg. And Alan was on that team. He was a coaching challenge. <laughs> he was a piece of work. But, 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 he, but he was a tough kid. Came from a tough background. He was a tough kid. Had a good career up at Bloomsburg. Yeah, he did. Yep. And he was the same way up there. He'd drive Danny nuts. <laughs> I think the last practice we had in Hershey, I said, we're going to do this. He goes, Coach, why are we going to do this? <laughs> I kicked him. <laughs> but, yeah, and, you know, and no, no, no teacher thought he could go to college. He's, he's got a good job now working. And he's doing a good job. And I'm sure football had a lot to do with that. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm sure you had a lot to do with that as well, Coach. Well, anyway, anyway we're gonna, let's wrap it up there. And, and um, a lot of good conversation and, and some good teaching points and, and talk about fundamentals. You don't hear a lot of it anymore because it's not, it's, not, uh, it's not impressive. It's not sexy. But, but really, it's, what, it's the heart and soul of football and becoming a better football player and a better team. I'll I'll finish it with this last thing. A guy told me this. Uh, I forget his name. He was a uh, he was the athletic director at Lancaster McCaskey, and he spoke at Milton Hershey's uh, sports banquet when I was a senior at Milton Hershey. And he gave this advice, and it really makes sense. He says, "You go through life." He says, "Have older friends that can be your mentor, that you can look to for advice. Have friends your own age, your peers." that you can do things with, enjoy life with, and then have young friends that keep you young. You know, if you learn those three things, if you do those three things as a coach, you're going to have fun. If you stick with coaching, it's amazing how much that, how you how you begin to understand that because I'm kind of like in the uh, transition phase right now. I always had, I always had older coaches around me. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's amazing the things that I pass on to younger coaches that I work with now that I learned. You know, I didn't figure this stuff out on my own. I learned it from the older coaches that were around me. But it's nice to have guys my age, too, that I can still pal around with and, and talk about family and, and stuff like that. And the other thing you did, Mark, you married well. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. I appreciate that. You know, those yeah. are two things good because some coaches don't marry well and the coaches, the wives don't like coaching. Yeah. And 
they it, it, it they don't last. I'm a lucky and, man in that facet, no question about it. No yeah, question. so young coaches marry well. <laughs> and most coaches I know that marry well, they always outkick their coverage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm in that category. I I fit into me, that. Yep. Me too. <laughs> well, thanks again, coach, and it was great having you on. And um that I hope to see you at some games here even in the postseason when the weather gets colder and, and uh talk to you talk to you soon, all right, coach? Okay, thanks, Mark. Thank you. Good luck, coaches. Thanks, coach. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Coaches, if you enjoy the show, go over to costcamps.com. That's C-O-S-C-A-M-P-S dot com. It's got some uh the skills blog has some stuff in it. It's it's mostly receiver stuff and passing game stuff. Um, eventually, we'll have some events that we're going to push on there. So stay tuned for that. But go over to costcamps.com and check it out in the meantime. Hope you enjoyed the show. See you next time.